This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. Support for this episode of the Hasidic Story Project comes from Trope Trainer, the gold standard in learning how to chant the Torah online for bar and bat mitzvahs, synagogues, schools, and absolutely anybody who loves the Torah. To get started today, go to kinor.com. That's K-I-N-N-O-R.com. You'll never know. You'll never know, you'll never know, you'll never know. This is a story that took place in the early 1700s in Morocco, where Rabbi Chaim ben Moshe ibn Attar, also known as the Holy Or Chaim, was the great rabbi, Talmudist, and Kabbalist in Morocco at the time. The Or Chaim did the mitzvah that many of the great rabbis did in the past, and thank God, for the most part, we don't have to deal with today, of redeeming Jews that were held captive. And the Or Chaim needed to collect a certain sum of money in order to redeem a Jew who was being held. He went around the entire community, and as much as he tried, he couldn't raise the full sum. There was one Jew who had separated himself from the community, and he had become very wealthy. The Or Chaim knew that this was his only hope of raising the full sum of money. The Holy Rabbi went to this Jew who had left the community and knocked on the door. And the wealthy Jew, he sees the Or Chaim and he says, Rabbi, what are you doing here? The Or Chaim said, may I come inside? And the wealthy Jew says, sure, come on in. The Or Chaim sits down and he says, I want to help you be part of the mitzvah of Pidyon Shavuim, of redeeming the captive. There's a Jew and I need a certain amount of money. Couldn't raise the money from the community, so I came to you. This wealthy Jew, he had a twinkle in his eyes, and he said, Holy Rabbi, I'll give you the entire sum right now, on one condition. The condition is that you let me strap you to my wagon and ride you through the marketplace while I hit you with my whip and you sing Kol Nidre as we go through the marketplace. If you do that, Rabbi, I'll give you the whole sum. The Orachim, without batting an eye, he said, where's the wagon? And he straps himself up to the wagon where the horse normally would be and pulls this wealthy Jew behind him to the marketplace, singing Kol Nidre the whole way. They passed through a section where many Jews had worked in the marketplace. And when they saw this, the Jews wanted to grab the wealthy man who they knew was estranged from the community and beat him for treating the Orachayim like he did. But the Orachayim gave them a look saying, everything was fine and don't bother us. So the Orachayim pulls this wealthy man behind him through the marketplace, singing Kol Nidre at the top of his lungs, and every now and then the wealthy man would give the Orachayim a nice little whip. And then they came back to the wealthy man's house, and the wealthy man said, Well, Rabbi, you did your part, and a deal is a deal. So here you go, here's the money. The rabbi was about to leave, and he said, Is there anything that I can do for you? Because I'm very grateful for what you did for me. And the wealthy man said, Yeah, actually, Rabbi, you know I am estranged from the community because I never experienced Shabbos. You know, my whole life I grew up religious, keeping Shabbos, and of course that was Shabbat in Morocco, but I heard this story from my rabbi and teacher, Reb Shalom, who called it Shabbos. This wealthy man said, I've never experienced Shabbos, Rabbi. If I could just experience Shabbos like you one time. And the Holy Orachayim, he said, I bless you that the light of Shabbos should shine into your heart always. And with that, the Holy Orachayim went on his way. 
the wealthy man went back to his business, and it seemed like everything was fine, until Wednesday morning came along. All of a sudden, Wednesday morning, the wealthy man decided, I have to go to the butcher. He goes to the butcher and he says, how much meat do you have here? The butcher says, well, go buy a cow, let's slaughter it together, and then I'll have a lot of meat. The wealthy man, he goes and he buys a cow, he brings it to the butcher, the butcher slaughters it, starts cutting up the meat, and the wealthy man starts going around to all the poor Jews in the community, saying, here, this is for Shabbos. This is for Shabbos. And somebody stops him on the street and says, hey, what are you doing handing out this meat to all these poor people? And he said, Shabbos is coming. So the next day, he goes and he buys some candles, and he buys wine. He tells his wife, we need to have a Shabbos meal. Tonight I'm going to make Kiddush, and we're going to have Shabbos. His wife says, oh, wow, the first time in so many years that we're having Shabbos again. I'm so happy. And so the wife prepared this beautiful meal. And the children, who really didn't know much about being Jewish, are sitting there at the table. And the wealthy man fills up his cup to make Kiddush. And as soon as he says Kiddush, he passes out on the spot. Okay, his wife figures he's tired, you know. He was involved in helping all these Jews and giving out food and money for Shabbos. But he sleeps all Shabbos. And she's getting a little worried. Motes Shabbos comes. She lights the Havdalah candle. And her husband wakes up. He lifts his head up from the floor. He sits up. He looks around the room. And he says, Shabbos is coming. Shabbos is coming. Shabbos is coming. He doesn't stop saying Shabbos is coming. Sunday, he starts going around and buying things to hand out to Jews for Shabbos. Saying Shabbos is coming. All week long, he makes sure everyone in the community has everything they need for Shabbos. This time he buys five cows, and he makes sure that everybody has wine and candles. He's taking care of the whole community, and all along he's saying, Shabbos is coming, Shabbos is coming, Shabbos is coming. Comes Friday night, he makes Kiddush, and he passes out. Sleeps all Shabbos long. Well, to Shabbos, his wife makes Abdallah. He wakes up, picks up his head, looks around, says, Shabbos is coming, Shabbos is coming, Shabbos is coming. Okay, things are getting a little out of hand. The wife doesn't know what to do, so she goes to the butcher because the butcher is now her husband's new best friend. And she tells him what's going on. The butcher comes and watches for himself, sees Friday night how the wealthy man passes out, and Motzah Shabbos how he wakes up, and Shabbos is coming, Shabbos is coming. So he said, we have to go to the Holy Orachim and ask him what's going on. It must be somehow related to that crazy stunt that your husband pulled off by getting the Orachim to walk through the Shuk. So they go to the Orachim, and the wife says, please, Rabbi, you have to help my husband. He's not himself. We can't run our business. Everything's a mess. All day long, all he says is, Shabbos is coming, Shabbos is coming, Shabbos is coming. And then he says, Kiddush, and he passes out, and Motzah Shabbos, he wakes up, and what's going on here? The Orachim says, Ah, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize when I gave your husband the bracha. The wife says, What are you talking about? What bracha? The Orachim said, Your husband, after we had the whole thing with the shuk and the money and all of that, he asked me to give him a bracha. He said he never really experienced Shabbos. And if he could just experience Shabbos like me, then he would feel part of the community again. So I gave him a blessing that the light of Shabbos should shine into his heart always. The problem with your husband is that the bracha is bigger than his vessels, than his neshama, his soul can handle. And so whenever the bracha comes into your husband on Shabbos, he passes out. And when he wakes up Motzah Shabbos, all he can think about is Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos. The wife says, well, what am I supposed to do, Rabbi? Take the bracha away. He said, I can't. She said, then curse my husband. He said, I can't do that either. She said, so what am I going to do? I can't live with the crazy man. The Orachim said, your husband's going to have to make the vessels to receive the bracha. 
And the wife asked, and how does he do that? The Orchaim said, he'll have to come and study in my yeshiva. Become one of my students. The more he studies and the more he learns, the more he'll grow. And eventually, he'll be able to be a vessel to receive the blessing that I gave him. And so he didn't have any choice, and the wife didn't have any choice. She sent her husband off to yeshiva, the yeshiva of the Or Chaim, and the Or Chaim gave his best students to teach this man. And eventually the Or Chaim himself taught him. The day came that the Or Chaim said, I'm moving to the Holy Land. I'm moving to Jerusalem. And a great deal of the community moved along with him in 1742. Amongst the people that moved with the Or Chaim was this wealthy man, his wife, and his family. Now everyone knows that the Or Chaim is buried on Harazetim, the Mount of Olives, overlooking Harabayit, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. And when the Jordanians took over in 1948, they destroyed many of the graves on the Mount of Olives. But there was one grave that everybody knew, all of the Arabs knew, if you touch this grave, you'd go crazy. And so nobody touched the grave. And this was the grave of the Orachayim. And next to the grave of the Orachayim was an unmarked grave. And the legend is that that's the grave of the wealthy man who became the student of the Or Chaim. Not only had he made the vessels to receive the blessing of Shabbos, but he had made the vessels to receive the burial plot next to the holy Or HaChaim. <laughs> Become a supporter of this podcast. Please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C-Story.com.